It is time for A Train Sports Talk Podcast Football Wrap Up. That's right, bringing you scores from the previous week. High school scores across the state of Kansas, college football scores and highlights, and the NFL. All right here on the A Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, your favorite conductor, Anthony Smith. So get ready for the football wrap up show. Right here on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and your favorite conductor, Anthony Smith. train sports talk podcast with your host and conductor anthony smith grab your tickets get on board and enjoy the ride it's the a train sports talk podcast all aboard Smith on another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, football wrap-up show, and right here in the state of Kansas, the high school football season is vastly coming to a close, which means it's playoff time, sectional time, win in advance, lose, and your season is over. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you the scores from Friday night's game, that's right, I am broadcasting today on a Saturday, 40-ish something degree cold afternoon. Bring you the scores, and then we'll be bringing you some sports snooze. As a lot has happened since the last time I was on. Yes, I'm still getting adjusted to the married life, which means my podcast scheduling will be adjusting. Uh, I already have a commitment, so I know I will be back on Monday as I will have Coach Matthew Fowler, eight-man Oswego. I believe they are the Indians, the Warriors. Some, I never can remember that name. He has to tell me every time. He probably going to make me tie a string around my finger so I can remember that, but I am honored to have him come on Monday because he will give us an insight on eight-man playoff football. and. This year, if no other year, I plan on being at the eight-man playoffs. I may not make it to the six, uh, the six A, five A, four A, three A, two A, one A, but you get the picture. I'm going to go take in. It's on my bucket list to do eight-man football. 
And if I'm correct, those games will be played in Newton. Of course, I stand to be corrected if there's another location, but hopefully it is around here in the area. And I would encourage any of you who have never seen an eight-man football game and you want to see an eight-man football game, I will let you know where the finals will be at so you can go check those games out. Uh, I say Matthew Fowler will be on. He will give us an insight on a recap on his team's season as well as insight on the eight-man playoff and where those finals, those state championship games will be played at. So this is the football wrap-up. So I am giving you the scores from last night's games, starting with 6A. And since there is not a lot of scores to give you, I'm going to go basically from 6A all the way down to 6-man, okay? So in 6A last night, uh, Gardner-Edgerton gets a seven-point victory over Blue Valley West by the score of 21-14. Olathe North squeaks past Olathe West in the battle for Olathe by the final score of 35-31. to Derby cruises past Washburn Rural by the score of 36-21. to Northwest went to Manhattan, came up just a little bit short. My good friend and coach over there, Steve Martin, had a very nice season, to say the least. They had a nice season, just came up a little bit short. As they fell victim to the Manhattan Indians out of Manhattan, Kansas, by the score of 27-18. to Now we move on to 5A, where Mill Valley blanked Pittsburgh by the score of 49-0. Blue Valley Southwest turned on the afterburners and cruised past DeSoto by the score of 69 to 35, more than just a little bit of over doubling them up. Hayes cruises past Salina Central by the score of 49 to 12. And in a more closely contested game, Mays gets the seven-point victory over Hutchison, 21 to 14. That's the wrap-up on 5A. So you know the teams that are advancing, which teams are going home. So the way it's looking, and we could be seeing Mays versus Mill Valley and Blue Valley versus Hayes, according to how the bracket is looking here. Now we move move on to 4A. Sorry about that noise in the background. Sometimes you have to remember to turn your notifications off, or you would get that every time. Anyway, in 4A, Bishop Meage steamrolls past Kansas City Piper by the score of 28 to 20. A traditional power in acquaintance took on the upstart St. James, who just recently won a championship, if I'm correct, beat them by the score of 28 to 13. McPherson cruises past Circle by the score of 49 to 28. And Wamego disposes of Andover Central, taming the Jaguars by the score of 42-7. to In 3A, Topeka Hayden cruises past Columbus, 39-19. Andale rocks Rock Creek by the score of 48-0. Clay Center cruises past Cheney by the score of 24-6. Now on to 2A. Sabetha blinks Caney Valley, 47-0. Nemaha Central cruises past Humboldt, 44-20. to 
Kingman has no problem disposing of Beloit, beating him 35 to 6. Southeast of Saline cruises past Hoisington 44 to 21. So there is your two-way scores. Now to 1A. St. Mary's cruises past Pittsburgh Colgan by the score of 36 to 12. And Opie gets beat by someone other than Andy and Aunt B. As Centralia squeaks out a one-point victory over Opie by the score of 8 to 7. Inman cruises past Smith Center, 28-6. Conway Springs cruises past Wabonsi, 39-14. Now on to eight-man Division I as Burlingame beats Linden, 39-16. Little River, 48. Chase County, 40. Wichita County gets past Atwood Rawlins County, 58-12. And Hill City in a high scoring affair overcomes Meade by the score of 68 to 50. Eight man division two. Kenton Gobble has no problem disposing of Lebo, beating them 52 to 6. Axtell, likewise, no problem with Osborne, beating them by the same score, 52 to 6. Dighton blanks Wallace County, 38 to 0. And Thunder Ridge overcomes Victoria by the score of 62 to 46. Now on to six man. Waverly gets cruises past Tescott by the score of 46 to 12. Cunningham cruises past Wetmore 58 to 12. Burris City Chelan humbles Ingles by the score of 51 to 6. And Ashland has no problem disposing of Northern Valley 68 to 20. So there you have the rundown of all the scores across the state of Kansas as these are sectionals. In other words, we're in playoff mode. So once again, win in advance, lose and go home. As a matter of fact, I may even reach out to Coach Steve Martin as a, as well, get his take on 6A state playoffs and who he thinks has a chance of bringing home the 6A title. So i tell you what I am going to do right here. I am going to pause and take a break. And when I come back, I will have some news for you. So stay tuned. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. 
In season, we stopped hard to find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, canned goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. It's time for us all to grow together. So, if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or, if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk.com at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Welcome back to another segment of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And I gave you the regional, sectionals, things concerning the state of Kansas sports scene as it relates to football and the high school football state playoffs that are currently underway right now. Like I say, win in advance, lose, and go home. Now we move on to some national news headline grabbing news as you know Kyrie Irving basically endorsed or whatever you want to call it and he is suffering from the backlash of what he I don't know if you want to call it promoting a book but according to some the book was filled with anti-semitic ideas not saying that Kyrie actually believed those ideas but the fact that he would bring light to the book and he said he wanted to educate his people so to speak and there's been a lot of backlash on social media and people having their take on what they think about Kyrie uh, some say Kyrie is a head case I tend to lean that way but at the same time you know we've seen a lot of things in this country that is head scratching where some people look the other way, but at the same time, we've seen some things in headlines, whether it be sports figures or whether it be political figures, and we want to throw them under the bus. And oftentimes, I hate to say this and hate to 
be the bearer of controversy, but sometimes it's related to one's skin color. Yes, I said that. But now if I can quote the great Martin Luther King, whether you think he's great or not, he basically said it like this. Don't judge me on the color of my skin, but judge me on the content of my character. Now, some of you are probably saying Kyrie doesn't have no character. And I'm going to be the first to tell you until I get my hand on this book or whatever, or the movie or whatever, and look at it or read it. I have no judgment on the man right now. I know he has said some things and done some things that will make you scratch your head. But can I also say this? He's not the only one. Let me rephrase it. He's not the only public figure who makes a lot of money that has said some boneheaded and did some boneheaded things. That being said, anyway, on with the news. Nets Kyrie Irving officially ruled out versus Lakers on Sunday. Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving will not play in Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Coach Jock Vaughn said Saturday, and it remains unclear when he will return to the floor as he continued to serve a team-imposed suspension. Irving was suspended for a minimum of five games for harmful impact of his conduct relating to social media posts around a book and movie movie centering around anti-Semitic ideas. The fifth game of that suspension will be served Saturday versus the L.A. Clippers. I don't know, Irving. I don't know. Irving's not available Sunday, Vaughn said before Saturday's game. I've been told that I can give you that. Sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on Friday that there is no momentum for a possible return to play for Irving during this four-game Western Conference trip in Thursday at Portland. The Nets return home versus Memphis on November 20th. Irving, whose suspension began November 3rd, has been in contact with some teammates, but both players and coaches remain unsure when he will return. Irving continues to follow the steps the organization outlined as part of his return to the team. Those steps include meeting with Jewish leaders in the Brooklyn community and going through anti-hate counseling. He met with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver this week, as well as Nets owner Joe Tashi, who tweeted Friday that he and his wife Clara met with Irving on Thursday and noted that it's clear to me that Kyrie does not have any beliefs of hate towards Jewish people or any group. Underline that part right there. Let me ref- let me quote. Let me say this again. He met with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver this week, as well as Nets owner Joe Tashi, because some people are going to still bash Kyrie over the head. Says Joe Tashi, who tweeted Friday that he and his wife, Clara, met with Irving on Thursday and noted that. Here's the part I want you to get. It's clear to me that Kyrie does not have any beliefs of hate towards Jewish people or any group. Now, we want to criticize and come down on him because of his tweet over a movie and or a book because it had anti-Semitic ideas in it. But who's going to applaud him because 
Now, the team owner has said, along with his wife, that it's clear to me that Kyrie does not have any beliefs of hate towards Jewish people or any group. Make note of that. Because if you don't, I will. Because we live in a country that's quick to come to judgment, but lacking when it comes to forgiveness. So while players expressed optimism after Friday's practice that Irving might return soon, Vaughn made it clear that any timetable for return is still unclear. Joe put that state put out that statement Friday, Vaughn said. It kind of shows where the collaboration and alignment is right now. I have no update on a timetable at all. So that is the latest on the Kyrie Irving situation. Now we move on to some more news. As sources say, Astros Rafael Montero reached a three-year, $34.5 million deal. Reliever Rafael Montero agreed to a three-year, $34.5 million contract that will bring the right-hander back to the Houston Astros' dominant bullpen a week after the team rode its pitching staff to a World Series title. Sources familiar with the deal told ESPN. Montero, 32, thrived in his first full season with the Astros, posting a 2.37 ERA in 68 and a half innings and allowing just three home runs while striking out 73. The deal came together on a transformative Friday for the Astros, who saw general manager James Click reject a one-year contract from owner Jim Crane and leave the organization. Resigning Montero deepens an Astros bullpen that already will return closer Ryan Presley, right-hander flamethrowers Ryan Stanek, and Brian Abreu, and solid righties Hector Nervous and Phil Matan. It likewise continues the early trend in free agency of high salaries for relief pitchers after the New York Mets signed Edmund Diaz to a five-year, $102 million contract and San Diego gave right-hander Robert Suarez a five-year deal worth $46 million. Houston acquired Montero in a July 2021 trade from the Seattle Mariners and watched him blossom into the hardest-throwing version of himself yet, with a fastball that averaged 96.5 miles per hour. Of the remaining relievers available in free agency, Montero topped a number of teams' list. Contract is a bet on Montero's 2022 more than his previous seasons. Once a well-regarded starting pitcher prospect, Montero bounced from the Mets to the Texas Rangers to the Mariners before landing in Houston, where he allowed two runs in nine in the third inning this postseason and struck out 10. With a ground ball rate of greater than 50% and high strikeout numbers, Montero was bound to generate widespread interest and took advantage of it with a deal that exceeded industry-wide expectations. In 182 games, Montero has a 4.43 ERA as a reliever and struck out 213 in 201 and a third innings. So, there you have a little bit of sports news. And what I'm going to do here, I'm going to take another break. 
And when I come back, I'll have some more for you. So don't you dare go nowhere. This train is just now building up ahead of steam. Your host and your conductor, Anthony Smith. All aboard. train sports talk podcast with your host and conductor anthony smith grab your tickets get on board and enjoy the ride it's the a train sports talk podcast all aboard welcome back to my final segment of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast and due to some technical difficulties in uploading one of my segments, I am going to have to do this one via the phone so you won't hear all the bells and whistles that you normally hear if I was on my laptop. Taking some technical issues, I'm having to basically do this segment my way to my phone until I can figure out what the glitch is that will not allow my episode to upload so we're going to do it this way of course this is how it started i didn't have and what i'm going to do is i'm going to uh give you some uh, football news some college football news in this last segment uh one of the things that's going on right now sec commissioner to form group to help minimize conduct issues sec commissioner Greg Sankey said the league is in the process of forming a working group to study how to best minimize conduct issues among athletes. The move comes in light of several notable arrests in college football this offseason, including DeAndre Johnson and Dalvin Cook at Florida State, Jonathan Taylor at Alabama, and Laramie Tonsil at Ole Miss. Consistent with my comments related to a continued conversation on conduct issues, we will appoint a working group on conduct expectations that will engage in reviewing our student-athlete conduct issues and policies, Sankey said. Particularly, they will invest time to consider existing campus policies, national requirements, and best practices in order to identify appropriate campus and conference expectations. The idea behind a working group is to foster a conversation about how we might encounter the concerns on conduct in a more global way. There's a balance between the time demands placed on young people, the free time that can create problems, and their ability to mature and make their own decisions. And I think that's part of why it's healthy for us to have the exact conversation I anticipate occurring over the next 12 to 24 months. Sankey stopped short of specifics on 
who will form the group or how it will operate. Although he was quick to say that he hadn't defined what amount of responsibility coaches bear in the conduct of their players, he did admit that clearly coaches have a responsibility for young people on their roster. Sankin was wary of the working group being seen as a silver bullet to off-the-field trouble, however. No prediction is attached to the outcome, he said. In May, the SEC passed legislation that banned its members' institutions from accepting transfer students with serious misconduct in their past. Auburn coach Gus Malzahn said he thought the increased emphasis on domestic violence spearheaded the move. Of course, I believe there should be a zero-tolerance policy as far as that goes, he said, at SEC Media Days. I think that's what's heading it up. And I would think most people would have that same view. Johnson has dis- was dismissed from the FSU football team after video surface of him punching a 21-year-old female student in the face at a bar. And Cook was suspended indefinitely after being charged with misdemeanor battery for punching another 21-year-old woman in the face outside of a bar. Taylor was dismissed at Alabama for a second domestic violence charge in less than a year. And Tunsil was arrested on misdemeanor charges for allegedly attacking his stepfather. Now we take a look at AP Top 25 College Football Poll Reaction. What's next for each ranked team? The AP Top 25 Football Poll is out after another wild weekend of games. So what happens from here? Here's a breakdown what's next for each ranked team. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs, 10-0. Week 11 results, a 45-19 win versus Mississippi State. What's next at Kentucky? Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Bulldogs have needed a big play receiver with Arian Smith and Adonai Mitchell missing much of the season with injuries. They might have found one in sophomore Lad McConkey in a 45-19 victory at Mississippi State. Georgia botched a two-minute drill near the end of the first half, allowing the other Bulldogs to score on a 63-yard punt return to cut UGA's lead to 17-12 at the half. But on the second play of the second half, McConkey took a handoff on an end around and ran 70 yards for a touchdown to make it 24-12. On Georgia's next possession, McConkey caught a 17-yard scoring pass from Stetson Bennett. McConkey finished with five catches for 71 yards with one score. Not bad for a player who was ranked the 152nd best receiver in the country in the class of 2020, according to ESPN's rankings and his only other FBS scholarship offer was from Vanderbilt. I don't care what anybody's offers were, Bennett said. Mine were not here. You can tell when someone's running routes and when you have to scramble. They find open spots. You can play football. He can catch. He loves it, and he's tough as nails. He's just a dadgum football player, and I love having him on our team. Number two, Ohio State, 10-0, previous rank number two, week 11 result, a 56-14 win versus Indiana. What's next at Maryland? Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Buckeyes have one final tune-up before Michigan as they visit a Maryland team that was cratered the past few weeks. Health remains a big concern for Ohio State, which has had key offensive players out all season. 
coach Ryan Day didn't sound too concerned about running back Mayan Williams' injury. Saturday and said starting running back Travion Henderson's foot could return at Maryland after missing the past two games. Ohio State has won its past two games against Maryland by a combined score of 139-31. Number three, Michigan Wolverines 10-0, previous rank number three. Week 11 results, 34-3 win versus Nebraska. What's next? Versus Illinois, Saturday noon Eastern. Michigan is 10-0 for the first time since 2006 and has Illinois next on the schedule. The Illini have had a good season. The star running back Chase Brown sustained an injury in their most recent game. The Wolverines can't look past Illinois, but the game against rival Ohio State looms. If both teams are undefeated when they meet on November 26, it'll be the first time that has happened since 2006 when the Buckeyes were ranked number one and the Wolverines were ranked number two. The road to the college football playoff will go through Ohio State, and the winner of that game will have an excellent shot at being one of the final four teams. Number four, TCU Horned Frogs, 10-0, previous rank number four. Week 11 results, a 17-10 win versus number 18, Nebraska. What's next? At Baylor, Saturday noon Eastern. The Horned Frogs have a two-game lead in the Big 12 standings and have already clinched a spot in the conference title game. But after weeks of dancing around the idea of a playoff spot, TCU is aiming higher. The Horned Frogs travel to Baylor on Saturday looking to continue making an impression on the college football playoff committee. TCU is 7-1 in its past eight games against Baylor, including last year's 30-28 upset over the Bears in the week following Gary Patterson's ouster in Fort Worth. This year, Baylor is coming off a stunning 31-3 loss at home to Kansas State on Saturday, another confounding game in a disappointing season for the Bears. But TCU knows it will still have a fight on its hands. Number five, Tennessee Volunteers, 9-1, previous rank, number five. Week 11 results, a 66-24 win versus Missouri. What's next? At South Carolina, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern. The Vols, 9-1, know what's at stake the rest of the way. They need to be as convincing as they possibly can these next two games against South Carolina and Vanderbilt, both on the road, and hope an 11-1 record without an SEC championship will be enough to get them into the playoff. If their 66-24 beatdown of Missouri on Saturday is any indication, Coach Josh Heifel won't take his foot off the gas. Tennessee holding on to a comfortable 52-24 lead, scored a pair of touchdowns in the final six minutes of the game, including one with 36 seconds remaining. The Georgia loss is the only game all season in which Tennessee's offense has been stymied. Quiet as is kept and slowly moving up the rankings. Coming in at number six, the LSU Tigers at eight and two. Previous rank was number seven. Week 11 results, a 13-10 win versus Arkansas. What's next versus UAB? Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's not always pretty, but the Tigers just keep finding ways to win and are now headed to the SEC, SEC championship game in a couple of weeks. As improbable as that seemed back in September, their 13-10 road win over Arkansas combined with Alabama's win over Ole Miss ensures that LSU and Brian Kelly's first season as coach will play for an SEC title. 
Up next is a non-conference game against UAB, and then the regular season finale against Texas A&M on the road. If the Tigers can win those two games and then win the SEC championship, they will put themselves in prime position to make the playoff. Moving up one spot from number 8 to number 7 is the USC Trojans coming in at 9-1. Week 11 results, a 55-17 win versus Colorado. What's next? At UCLA, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern. For all intents and purposes, USC's trip to the Rose Bowl next week is a playoff game. If the Trojans win, they will be in the Pac-12 championship game and stay alive for the CFP. As the Pac-12's only one lost team at this point, USC is the conference's only team still in the CFP mix. After wrapping up the conference schedule, it will host Notre Dame the following week. Number eight, Alabama, Crimson Tide, eight and two. Previous ranking, number 10. Week 11 results, a 30-24 win versus number 11, Ole Miss. What's next? Versus Austin P. Saturday at noon Eastern. Even with no chance at playing in the SEC championship in Atlanta, the Crimson Tide didn't quit. The streak of 184 of 184 games without consecutive regular season losses remains intact after a hard-fought victory on the road at Ole Miss. It's too little too late, but the defense in particular showed signs of improvement heading into the home stretch with the Iron Bowl still left to play. Coming in at number nine, moving up three spots from number 12, Clemson at nine and one. Week 11 results, a 31-16 win versus Louisville. What's next? Versus Miami, Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Even though the Tigers remain a long shot to make the college football playoff, they will stay in the race as long as they keep winning. Next up is a Miami team that is coming off a win on the road against Georgia Tech. But the Canes have not been competitive in their past three matchups against Clemson getting blown out in all three. The status of Miami starting quarterback Tyler Van Dyke is up in the air. But freshman quarterback Jakari Brown presents a different dynamic for Clemson defense because of his ability to run the ball. DJ Ugalale rebounded from his performance against Notre Dame with a solid outing against Louisville. Thanks to an effective run game and receiver Antonio Williams who led who have 106 all-purpose yards. Coming in at number 10. Up here with the number 10 team. Utah Utah. Week 12, week 11 results, a 42-7 win versus Stanford. What's next? At Oregon, Saturday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Matchup. Oregon. Stakes actually haven't changed. Alive. I guess I'll go on just a little bit more. As now we see number nine is at eight and two, ranked 14th. Week 11 results: a 30 to zero win versus Maryland. What's next at Rutgers Saturday 3:30 p.m. Eight and two with losses to Michigan and Ohio State, both ranked in the top five of the college football playoff rankings. 
The team went 7-6 last season despite some unfortunate injuries and now has a chance to finish out this season at 10-2 with Rutgers and Michigan State remaining on the schedule. The staff has found answers in the run game and has freshman quarterback Drew Alar preparing for the future. Number 12, Oregon Ducks 8-2, previous ranked 6. Week 11, 734 loss to number 24, Washington. Up next versus Utah. Poor one out for the Ducks. The path was there for them to reach the CFP, but what's clear now is that it wouldn't have gone well if they had reached the playoff. Regardless, it doesn't get any easier with Utah coming to Eugene this week in a must-win game with Pac-12 championship game purposes, followed by a tough rivalry trip to Oregon State. Number 13, North Carolina Tar Heels at 9-1, previous rank 15. Week 11 results, a 36-34 win versus Wake Forest. What's next versus Georgia Tech, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Tar Heels get to close out the final two games at home, starting with Georgia Tech. North Carolina has already clinched a spot in the ACC championship game opposite Clemson. And these final two games can be used to clean up the mistakes so the team can be prepared for the Tigers. North Carolina had eight penalties in the win over Wake Forest and gave up 300 yards passing. But the defense, but the defense got an interception when it mattered most. These last few games are an opportunity for Drake May to keep making an impression on a national audience as a potential Heisman Trophy finalist. Number 14, Ole Miss Rebels, 8-2, previous rank 11. Saban on the ropes with a double-digit lead in the first half, but it evaporated, and now Kiffin can't let one let one loss become two. A solid season is still possible at eight and two with games against Arkansas and Mississippi State left. Number fifteen, and this is where I'm going to bring the train into the station. Number fifteen, the Washington Huskies at eight and two. Previous rank was twenty-four. Week 11 results, a 37-34 win versus number 6 Oregon. What's next was Colorado, Terry, Not only did the Huskies' thrilling win against Oregon eliminate the Ducks from CFP contention, it also kept the Huskies' slim Pac-12 title hopes alive. If UW beats Colorado and WSU, it will finish 7-2 in conference play, which doesn't guarantee it'll reach the title game, but it's possible. One plausible scenario, USC beats UCLA, Oregon beats Utah, and loses to Oregon State. Well, this is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Like I said, I had to do something a little bit different. Something I'm not used to doing is doing this podcast from my phone, but due to some technical glitches with one of my segments not uploading and that audio file being lost, I had to convert to doing this on my phone so if you're used to the bells and whistle and all of a sudden you don't hear it it's because i had to change things up and i'm actually when i started this podcast so if it sounds like how did you get the weekend scores on a podcast that you did on saturday it's because 
I actually broke this down, did the Sun Saturday podcast, and then here I am on a Sunday evening being able to give you these at least the top 15 rankings. But as time will permit, I must be getting out of here. Hope you have enjoyed this podcast with your host and conductor, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, yours truly, Anthony Smith. Until next time, God bless. I'm out.
My guest on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, Coach Matt Fowler, who is always ready and willing to come on at the drop of a dime. Once again, Matt Fowler, coach of the Oswego, I believe, Indians. I forgot to ask him that team name, but we'll get it right one of these days. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith.